0: town bank mortgage. NMLS number 512138 is an equal housing lender. This podcast is for informational purposes only. And now the man born with a five o'clock shadow and with the NMLS number 2028201. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. He is Tyler Crawley. Welcome everyone to the Thursday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am your host, the aforementioned Tyler Crawley. And uh we're gonna be talking about mortgage demand, of course, because we get our weekly report on Wednesday, and then we have some good data about pending home sales. Uh, yes, piggybacking on the data that we got from Zonda Economics uh the other day, as well as some good data about foreclosures. But first, I gotta mention it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because it was so funny. I didn't realize it until the show was over yesterday. So for those that watch on YouTube, uh, you can obviously see me here in the studio. My little my little um, extra bedroom, a.k.a. studio I have. Um, and in the background is one of my computer screens. And usually I have it set to, you know, today I have it set to Markets and Mortgages website. Sometimes I have it on the Drudge Report kind of a, as, a, as a throwback to the Godfather of talk radio, Rush Limbaugh always had the uh, Judge Report on in the background, and normally it's it's one of those one of those two websites. <laughs> but for the first time, I didn't set the background. I just was doing something on the computer, and then I did the show, and then I looked back when the show was over, and I realized that I had a music video that I had been listening to. Before the show started, and I left it up there, and I, I I was wondering if anyone, I bet they could. You could see it if you like zoomed in. Um, and yeah, I'll admit, I was listening to Vanessa Carlton's "A Thousand Miles." <laughs> it's a banger, man. All these years later, I it's a listen. I was I can't deny it. I was listening to that song, and I paused it, and then we did the show, and I ended the show, and I looked back, and I was like. Are you serious? I had that music video on the whole time. <laughs> I was like, that's so embarrassing. That's so embarrassing. I mean, listen, it's it's a good song, but you know, you, you, you kind of don't want to admit that you're, you're jamming out to that before the start of the show, and I was. I was listening to Vanessa Carlton's Thousand Miles. It was like one of many songs. I just happened to end on that song for some reason, and... It was in the background, so I can't, I can't deny it. I did. I want to pull like, I want to pull like a Bill Clinton, you know, I did inhale and be like, I I wasn't listening. It was on mute. I don't even know what song it went to next. I had no idea. It was just there. I had no idea, but no, I was listening to it. I was rocking out. Um, It's a good song. Like I said, it's so, it's a good song. Even all these years later, iconic song. No doubt about that. All right, let's get into the reason for this season, the reason for the podcast, talk about what's happening with the housing market. And so if you remember last week, we saw a huge jump, gigantic jump in mortgage demand, 28%. And some were wondering, was that a fluke? Was that supposed to happen? Was there some kind of seasonal adjustment that was made incorrectly or was being made incorrectly? What was with that big jump? So if... if that was a fluke we would be seeing a correction this week and so what did this week show that last week was not a fluke in fact this week we saw positive data once again third week in a row so a good start to 2023 as third week in a row mortgage demand was up according to the weekly survey from the mortgage bankers association total demand was up seven percent but when you break it down Let's look at where that was happening. So the purchase index, this is probably the most important one because it makes up so much of the overall index. That was up 3% week over week and now the year over year number is down 39%. So it's better than it has been but we're still down about 40%. (laughs) So activity is better. But uh, still down 40% from where we were last year. The refi index, huge jump. Of course, I have to imagine the numbers, if you were to break it down, have to be like historical norm. I mean, historical lows. And so a 15% jump still puts the index down 77% year over year. So overall, both categories positive. Big jump in refis. Good jump in purchases, which led to a seven percent increase after a twenty-eight percent increase after I think the first week was up two or three percent. So overall, good movement in uh, the mortgage markets. Happy to see this, and if you talk to anyone in the mortgage business, they'll tell you that. I mean, I can, like I said, I, I've the people I work with uh, at Town Bank, um, the loan officers, they are getting more calls. They are, you know, people who maybe in October said, you know, we're going to look at things, uh, took the holidays off. And now they're like, all right, let's move forward. This is where interest rates are. We want to get that home. We're accepting that people are becoming more accepting of a 6% mortgage rate, which which kind of had to happen. (laughs) There's no there's no uh, way around it. Uh, This is kind of the new normal. And you know, we'll get in a little bit about what um is being projected going forward, but rates five, six, seven, that's where we are right now. And so we talked about that report from NerdWallet. 80% of people prioritize home ownership. So if you're someone who's not in a home but want to be in one, you got to prepare yourself to see a rate with a six percent on it. It'd be nice if we can get to the fives, (laughs) but we right now are in the sixes. Uh, And speaking of mortgage rates, they did fall also for the third week in a row. Now, these are not a huge move week over week, only about three basis points, but that puts the 30-year fixed on average last week, or this is last week's data, at 6.2%. This is down three basis points, as I mentioned from the week before, but now it puts rates down 38 basis points from the end of 2022. So we've seen a good start to 23. We got mortgage demand up. We got rates down. That's how I'd like to start the year. That is pretty good. Some wondering if maybe the spring buying season might be starting a little earlier than expected. In fact, Joel Kahn, a chief or deputy, Make sure I get that right. Deputy Chief Economist at the Mortgage Bankers Association said home buying remains depressed, but things are looking up heading into the spring season, saying, quote, overall applications increase with both gains in purchase and refinance activity. But purchase applications remained almost 39% lower than a year ago. Home buyer activity remains tepid, but if rates continue to fall and home prices cool further, we expect to see potential buyers come back into the market. Many have been waiting for affordability challenges to subside. And as rates fall, along with home prices, that is happening. Now, of course, I don't think home prices are gonna fall anywhere near where people think. I mean, if you remember 2008, we had a housing crash. I mean, housing crashed pretty much everywhere. Some places better than others, some places worse than others. But it was a pretty big drop, and it took 10 years for home prices to get back to those levels. Even if we were to see a huge crash, like 25%, let's say let's say 20%, 20 25% nationwide, which no one's calling for. Let's just say that happens. That would still put home prices at like 2021 20, levels. That wouldn't put them at pre-pandemic levels. That definitely wouldn't put it way, 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 you know, that that would not move it back to say 2017 or 2016 which is what we saw happen in 2008. prices crashed and they fell to levels that we hadn't seen in five, six years. That's not gonna happen. It's just not. And so I think the, the sooner people realize that, they're gonna go, okay, here's where home prices are and here's where rates are. And so if we wanna buy, this is the reality of the situation. And people are coming to that realization. And so that's why you're seeing some positive movement We're not going to go back to the crazy times. We're not going back to what we saw the last three years, but it would be nice to go back to 2016, 2018 levels. That that would not be bad. That's what everyone's sort of hoping for. And I just hope everyone remembers what a normal housing market looks like because it's been so long. (laughs) I mean, think about it. We're coming up on the uh, third year anniversary of COVID and housing was just insane during COVID going from all-time highs to all-time, I don't want to say all-time lows, but some pretty big lows these last couple months. And so it's just like one extreme to the next. So what do we remember? What a normalized housing market looks like. And here is good data that says, like I said, that things people are starting to realize, hey, this is the new normal. Or this is, we're going back to normal. And this is kind of where we are so first, let's look at pending home sales. So we had the Zonda report yesterday. We talked about uh, new home pending sales and a slight, slight jump up in December. Of course, they were down year over year, like almost 40%, but they were up in December. It was only the second time all year Zonda reported that that index saw a month over month increase. And here's the good news. Redfin is also showing similar data. Uh, Redfin recently released their latest report looking at pending home sales. They had pending home sales rising 3% in December from November on a seasonally adjusted basis. And in this case, that was the first time that happened in 14 months. (laughs) So even, it's been even worse. According to Redfin, because at least Zonda had one month other than December where they saw a month over month increase, not Redfin. They had not seen that. And then, of course, um, tomorrow, we're going to be getting pending home sales data. We'll talk about it on Monday's show. That's the big report from the National Association of Realtors. But right now, it looks like that could be a decent report and that we could see a slight Slight uptick. So that was from Redfin. Then we also got some good data from Black Knight, their uh, monthly first look report, which looks at delinquencies and foreclosures. And if you paid attention to the beginning of COVID, and that's when you saw these sort of extreme measures by the Federal Reserve. You know, they were going to buy you know mortgage-backed securities at a, a much bigger rate than people thought. We saw you know the the um, foreclosure ban, you, you weren't, weren't allowed to, for the uh, moratorium, there we go. I, was, I knew it was a big word. It wasn't ban. It was a big word, <laughs> moratorium. The foreclosure moratorium. So you couldn't you know foreclose on people, you couldn't evict people. And that was being done because a lot of people, some smart, some really stupid, thought that there was going to be a foreclosure crisis, which makes sense, right? Because we saw what the unemployment rate shoot up to 25, 30% people weren't working. They thought that without that money coming in, they weren't going to pay their mortgages and it was going to be 2008 all over again. So they, they moved forward trying to stop that. And if you notice the data, I mean, pretty quickly when, once people realized that, Hey, we were going to be begin stimulus money. Um, there was going to be unemployment money available more than normal. All of a sudden people knew they were going to be able to make their mortgage payments. The foreclosure, smart people, knew almost immediately that the foreclosure crisis just wasn't going to happen. It was, it was not an issue. Dumb people, however, they still believed in that. I mean, they kept that going, I want to say, almost until 2022, that there was this foreclosure crisis on the horizon and it was going to be 2008 all over again. But like I said, I mean, by the end of 2020, it was very clear that nobody was at risk a lot of people of course were going into forbearance because they could there was no penalty for it ding their credit sure um but other than that there was no real penalty and people were like hey i'll just go into forbearance it's not going to be it's not going to harm me in any way whatsoever i mean it hurts you if you're trying to refi um, but other than that, it was no real ding to you at all. And so you could just go a couple months without making your mortgage payment, put some more money in your pocket. So a lot of people went into the forbearance program that maybe didn't even need to. And so people were given the misconception that, oh my gosh, look at all these people in forbearance, they're all going to go into foreclosure. And it wasn't going to happen. I mean, like I said, the data was clear. There was no foreclosure crisis, but they kept going. They kept ringing that bell. Here it comes. It's coming. It's coming. And then eventually they just stopped because they realized it wasn't going to happen. Mostly because of what happened with home prices. People don't foreclose on homes when they're sitting on 40, 50, 60% equity. And when these reports come out about homeowner equity and it's like 80% of the country sitting on 50% equity or whatever the number is, it's not gonna, no one's foreclosed. They might sell the house. They might sell it for less than they would like, but they're not foreclosing. No one's foreclosing on a asset that has a hundred, two hundred thousand $200,000 in it. You know, maybe they'll take a hundred thousand instead of two hundred thousand, but they're not foreclosing. They're not just walking away from a property. It's the stupidest thing I'd ever heard. And as home prices continued to skyrocket, the foreclosure argument got dumber and dumber and dumber. Well, now some of the foreclosure peeps, the crash bros, um are kind of like inching their way back, saying like, oh man, people bought homes last year. And they're going to go into foreclosure, So it's already starting again. You're seeing some of it. And it's true. You look at the data, you are seeing an increase in delinquencies and maybe even an inc- a slight increase in foreclosures. But we were at historical low. I mean, like lows, like we're never probably going to see again, just like mortgage rates. Like we, we were at lows that just don't even almost make sense. <laughs> like there's going to be a certain amount of foreclosures and failures in a system Always. That's just the way that it is. And I mean, we almost got to the point where there were like no foreclosures. And not just because of the forbearance programs, or I should say the moratorium, but just because no one was foreclosing. Everyone had equity in their homes. Why would you foreclose on a house? And we're seeing the numbers inch up from there. So we're still at comparable, I mean, lows. I mean, when we compare it to last year or the year before or whatever, I mean, it's crazy low. But we are seeing it inch up. So don't believe the hype. If anyone starts saying, oh, my gosh, we just saw a 50% increase from where we were a year ago. Well, yeah, a year ago, there was none. There were no foreclosures happening. (laughs) So, yes, we technically to go from zero to five is like an infinite increase. But be very careful with some of the data out there. So the national delinquency rate inched up seven basis points to 3.08% in December. However, this is still 9% below December 2021 or December, 2021 levels. So it's still down from last year when they were at historical lows. <laughs> so I guess now we're at historical lows. So, I mean, that, that's also important is year over year data. I mean, the fact that we're less than last year is just crazy. Uh, and then foreclosure starts were up 4.9% um, or excuse me, foreclosures was were started on 4.9% of serious delinquencies in December that is up from November, oh no, but is down 46% below the rate that we were seeing in December 2019. So we're like 50% below a normal time. We're not even, cl- and that was, Beth, remind you, 2019 was not a foreclosure crisis. So the fact that we are 50% below normal times, do you realize what would have to happen for us to have a foreclosure crisis? It would be like a 500% increase. So it's not going to happen. Do not worry about it. But the bottom line is we got some good data, mortgage demand up third week in a row, pending home sales, another report finding them up in December and foreclosures and delinquencies still well, well below a normal rate. So all in all, A pretty damn good report. Uh, Before we go, I did want to let you know that there was a great piece by Tyler Cohen in Bloomberg, and I linked to it uh, in the newsletter and, of course, on the website, marketsandmortgages.com, that talks about macroeconomic forecasts and why they seem to be wrong so often. (laughs) And it's pretty fascinating. And they talk about kind of the nature of just the profession of, of making, there's so many variables in macroeconomics, um, that not only are there so many variables involved, but he points out, I I love this just to quote from his piece. He says, it's not just a matter of intervening surprises, which inevitably um, confound all attempts to apply science and social science. So he's just talking about, you know, variables changing that, you know, he didn't even think about it's, That we economists are not sure which model to consult in the first place, and so you know he he gets in the report and he talks about Larry Summers getting the inflation concern correct while most economists were on the other side of the issue. Um, He talks about Larry Summers and his work during the Clinton days and you know looking at you know aggregate demand and it's just it's a very fascinating piece that explains why so many times we see economists get things wrong and people go why do we keep listening to them? And he says well. it has to do with yeah maybe we shouldn't be making these macro economic predictions that maybe we should just realize that it's 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 almost impossible to do it's not that people are necessarily wrong it's just so difficult to do that maybe we shouldn't be doing it in the first place so it's a pretty good piece uh, i also have a piece in there goldman sachs who recently co- called the uh, bottom of the housing market saying that the fourth quarter of 2022 Probably will be the biggest drag on the economy from a housing sector perspective, meaning that we probably have reached the bottom and we're going to work our way out. It doesn't mean we're going to go back to the craziness that we've seen the last couple of years, but the the worst of it we may have seen. Now that's with regards to sales prices; still have some room to fall. And he even point out that for the most part, you know, home values are going to worsen, but there are four cities that they believe could see some really big dips. Uh, and not surprisingly, they're all out in the West. I think like Texas is one, has one of the cities, but most of them are out West. They're not, not here on the East Coast, definitely not in the South. All right, we are done. We gotta go, let me check my computer screen. No, okay, uh, Vanessa Carlton's video is not on the screen. <laughs> so we are good to go, you guys enjoy your, th- oh, by the way, crazy busy day. We got a crazy busy day. I mean, this whole week has been kind of light with regards to economic data especially from the government, we got a lot going on this morning at 830, the fourth quarter, first estimate for the fourth quarter GDP number that is supposed to be 2.6%. It's supposed to, the economy should have been growing at a 2.6% annualized rate that is down slightly from Q3 when it was up 3.2%. We're beginning jobless numbers. Yeah, shocking. They're supposed to rise. (laughs) They're always supposed to rise to about 205,000. We will see. Um, Also, I'm gonna be getting some mortgage data from Freddie Mac. Um, Like I said, rates have been falling. We'll see if Freddie Mac has any different data. And then new home sales are projected to fall at about 2%, somewhere around there. So we're gonna, man, we're gonna have a busy Friday show because we got a lot going on today. But I will talk to you tomorrow about all of this and probably not more. That'll probably be enough to do the show. You guys enjoy your Thursday. We'll see you Friday morning for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait.